0: brought your bibles this morning turn with me if you would over to the book of matthew chapter 27 and verse 1 and i'm going to be reading from the new king james version this morning a version deemed unsuitable by our friends over at jesus's Savior.org who claim this particular text was forged in the fires of hell but uh, how many of you know this morning we like to do things a little differently over here and also just to add a little color we've uh, sprinkled in some uh, period-specific annotations here and there just to uh, really encapsulate how our Italian friends uh, spoke here in the Scriptures. Chapter 27, verse 1, the Bible says, When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said to him, What is that to us? You see to that. Verse 5, When he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself, then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. But the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury because they are the price of blood. And they consulted together and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Verse 8. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. And how many of us know that's true and certainly something we've been taught in school? Uh, Verse 9. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying... And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel priced, and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. Verse 11. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Hey, ain't you the king of the Jews or something? And Jesus said to him, It is as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Hey, do not know sure what these fucking guys are saying about you over here. But he answered him not one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Verse 15. Now at the feast of the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at the time they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Hey, which one of these fucking guys you want released to you? This uh, Barabbas guy or uh, guy that says he's Christ over here? Or something? Verse eighteen, for he knew that he had they had handed him over because of envy. Verse nineteen, when he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him saying, "Honey, have nothing to do with this fucking guy. I've had some really bad dreams about him today, honey. Don't do nothing to him or nothing." Verse twenty. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, Hey, which one of these fucking guys you want released release to you now? And they all said, Barabbas. And Pilate said to them, Well, what do you want me to do with this Jesus guy over here then, huh? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he, and this is important, church, when Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising... He took water and washed hands before the multitude, saying, Hey, I don't need this fucking shit on me. I ain't had nothing to do with this. This is all on you. And the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Verse 26. Then he released Barabbas to them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Dear, most kind and gracious heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you this morning thanking you for yet another day another day to lift up our leadership of our countries that are doing all they can in this trying times and that have to make all the tough decisions and you know as we witness here in the scripture sometimes that uh, you know it's not easy to do those things but when you have to do those things best to just uh, wash your hands of it and act like it was you know due to forces beyond your control and lord we just want to preach on a thought this morning that, uh, you know, and and highlight and recognize certain politicians from the Bible who have, uh, you know, directed great nations and brought us to this moment with their leadership that we now stand in. And Lord, I just ask that you help us just to deliver that word and that uh, you just be with us as we navigate the troubles and trials of the day. And everybody said, Amen. Church, if you'd let me just preach for a minute, I want to share a thought with you I had this morning when I was following Chris Cuomo's ordeal with the coronavirus, and it's that when times get tough, what we need most, as evidence in the scriptures, is tough Italian leadership. And you know, if you look at the history of Italian leadership, starting with Pontius Pilate, who... Church, you can say what you want to about him, but he had to make a tough call there, and it was a call that altered the course of history, of course. But he made it nonetheless. And then if you look just on down through the generations, we've had several great Italian leaders from Rudolph Giuliani, post-911 in New York, who handled that situation perfectly and as good as could be under the circumstances. On down to back in the motherland, we had course silvio berlusconi who uh you know was sort of a uh a slave to the good times but you know made some again some tough calls when he had to and rose to the occasion of course now that's why we'd like to just go on record this morning and then we'll just close with this one real quick But we'd just like to give a full-throated endorsement to a future Andrew Cuomo administration to lead this country out of the maury clay and, you know, toward a brighter, more just future where we, you know, have, you know, access to uh, affordable health care and, you know, where we have reasonable, uh, tough-minded leadership that, uh, you know, that can stave off the bad times and uh, you know so yeah that's that's the takeaway today church is that uh, when the going gets tough we need tough italian leadership with that i'll just call brother right back up here thank you so much
1: back to the heartland the heart of worship over the mountains and the seas and the rivers the heart of this great land it's been taken over by the millionaires and the billionaires but we're going to take it back we're going gar- to we're going to gather down in Asbury Park and we're going to leaders of this country know who's running the show. I was thinking the other day about how after the Roman Empire fell and the only the only institution, the only force that could bring social cohesion back together was the Catholic Church. Our enemies, of course, across the street. But Nonetheless, when this is all over when this pandemic is all over when this coronavirus pandemic is all over and the economy is gone into recession and society has completely collapsed Will the church be there to take care of us? I wonder about this Or will it be Walmart? Will it be gathering in the soup aisle, aisle nine every Sunday morning to see your neighbors and your friends just think about that as we go back to the heartland tonight
2: over the mountains and the sea your river runs with love for me and I will open up my heart and let To set me free, I'm happy to be in the truth, and I will daily lift my hands.
1: Another Sunday, another opportunity to learn about the teachings of our um, most revered, highest of highest. The funniest thing in church was when they would try to list off all the various names for God, like King of Kings, Holy, of-
0: Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nixi, Jehovah Shalom. <laughs> El, Sha- I mean, El Shaddai and Jesus is the chief cornerstone. <laughs> There's a little song you can make to remember it by.
1: There's a lot of perks. There's a lot of ups, upsides to being a deity, but having a hundred different names, all of which are become increasingly more badass as you go down the list.
0: Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to give you three names, and I want you to tell me who had the best, like, selection of names alright God Idi Amin (laughs) and Haile Selassie
1: what were Idi Amin's uh, titles what did he he have going for him
0: let's go to the tape on it (laughs) I mean okay he, Idi Amin was His Ex- Excellency President for Life, Field Marshal alhaji Dr. Idi Amin Dada, VC DSOMC, <laughs> Lord of all the beasts of the earth and fishes of the sea and conqueror of the British Empire in Africa in general and Uganda in particular. <laughs> and this is in addition, nope. this was in addition to his, uh, uh, his official title, which he just abbreviated to, His Excellency President for Life Field Marshal Al Haji, Dr. Edi Amin Dada, VC CBE. <laughs> and Haile Selassie.
1: Oh, damn. That's so what
0: Haile Selassie's names were.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Haile Selassie's name was. Um, Hali Selassie, John Hoy, Talaku, Mary, Abba, Takele, and uh, let's see, hold on a second.
1: Well, like the thing about Hale Selassie is that he was wasn't he like a deity in the Rastafarian religion?
0: Yeah, I was getting ready to I was getting ready to get to his Rasta names.
1: I mean, because Idi Amin wasn't
0: he kind of gave himself all of his nicknames.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Lord of all the beasts of the fields and fish of the seas, a little intense, though. I mean, <laughs> even for the most narcissistic <laughs> person, it's a little over the top.
1: <laughs> oh, damn.
0: Well, I mean, in you know, in the Rasta movement, he's also known as, you know, Ja, 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 Ja Rastafari and his imperial majesty.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right.
0: But, you know, Selassie was an interesting character. He, uh, I think one of the funniest things he did is he he allowed Marxism to be taught in Ethiopian schools. Like, he opened it up, and then the Marxists used that to overthrow him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Classic. Classic.
0: Can't trust him.
1: Nope. No.
0: So, any, any of you emperors out there, if you think about opening up Marxism in the... And the empire. Think twice about it.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, so the theme today is uh, governance and power in the Bible. What attitude and uh, yeah, like what attitude should you take to power as a godly man? Um,
0: well, I made the case in my message for strong Italian leadership. <laughs> I think that's the first lesson we could take from the Bible, because every every relationship to power that happens in the Bible has to be mediated through Rome, which would have been the Italians, right?
1: Right, 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 right.
0: So, you know, like there's scripture that says, like, um, render to Caesar what's due Caesar, and to God what's due God, which has basically been used as justification for taxation. Right. So... I don't know. Well,
1: it's it's interesting to read Acts. Acts is a very fascinating book, um, because if it was a movie, it would be a montage of Saul just getting thrown, or Paul, I'm sorry, at this point he's Paul, getting thrown into various uh, prison cells and dungeons all across the Levant and Greece, the Mediterranean.
0: <laughs> and so ultimately, what? How did Paul meet his end? Was he boiled? In something
1: I don't that's a great question I
0: never I knew remember. I never knew so there's like all like in the scriptures everybody talks about how such and such was martyred or whatever but I, uh-huh. I don't know if that stuff is apocryphal or really in there for some reason it's just a gap in my knowledge
1: decapitation he he was uh, guillotined
0: <laughs> he lived to be 4,000 years old and they cut his head off in Paris <laughs>
1: Yeah, um,
0: but uh, who was so, boi- who was boiled upside down, or somebody was crucified upside down? Somebody else was boiled alive.
1: I believe Peter was crucified. Okay, um, I'm probably getting this wrong, but they're all apocryphal. I mean, who knows? It, well, yeah, I mean the whole Paul's all of Paul's exploits exploits are probably written by him. After the fact, like man, I was a total badass. I was getting thrown in jail sales. I it couldn't could touch
0: me. It couldn't touch me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um but Acts is pretty fascinating because Paul is is always getting in trouble. Um but the either the new te- or I'm sorry, either the Bible itself, the writers of the Bible or Paul himself had to walk this like razors razor thin line. Of On the one side, Um, Christianity, especially the people who assembled the Bible, needed you to obey authority, and there's that on that side, and then the fact that early Christianity was a very subversive political movement. Is
0: this this the dialectical?
1: (laughs) Well, if it is, I don't know what the result would be, because if you read Acts... It's constantly Paul being like, now, I don't have any truck with the Romans. Uh, You guys are doing your thing, whatever. But fuck the Jews. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what he says pretty much every time he's thrown in jail. He's always like, I don't have any truck with Caesar. The Jews hate me. Um, They can go to hell, but I've got no problem with Caesar. So... who knows how much of that's real or not it seems to me that through his actions he had just as much problem with the the romans as he did the jewish authorities that oversaw the romans yes. or that overs or yeah anyway that were overseen by the romans
0: a lot of anti-semitism in the new testament i've noticed even reading from the, the passage uh I hesitated to read it because, like, two or three verses in Matthew 27 are used as justification for, like, you know, for example, the protocols of the elders of Zion, conspiracies, and so forth.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, um...
0: So, you think Paul was just a Jewish cynic, or what what do you think?
1: Well, I mean, like all early Christians, he was Jewish. I mean, he was... Right! Or maybe he was Arab. No, he was. He was... I don't guess there's any... (laughs) Fuck you talking about man. But I mean like early Christianity was a Jewish religion. It right, was a yeah. Jewish sect. Um But yeah, I think we're this
0: apocalyptic Jewish sect of people that just like to be on the road with the boys.
1: <laughs> I mean who doesn't like that?
0: Yeah, who doesn't like being on the road
1: with the boys? Yeah. Um but um But a lot of the, like, New Testament's scriptures about governance and power and authority and everything else, um, they all are written in the context of Israel being a, basically, a protectorate or a, I don't know what the word would be. Like, they were like a sort of colony kind of of Rome, like they had their own government, they had the Sanhedrin or whatever, right? But yeah. then they had, so like, they, like, so this is the this is the thing. Like Herod was not a Roman official, but Pontius Pilate was. Pontius Pilate was like the,
0: he's, he's paizan, yeah,
1: he's Paisan. Yeah. <laughs> that was his official title. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas Herod was a king in Israel who was controlled by. Rome, Rome. More or less. He's a
0: He was a puppet of the Roman government.
1: He was a puppet. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I mean, but like the big bad guy in Acts, or at least the second part of it, is Felix. You remember uh, him? Felix. Yeah, he was like. Um, I think his name was Antonius Felix. Yeah, Anton, like...
0: Anton. Yeah, Antonius. Is Anani- well, we would call him Antonius in Eastern Kentucky parlance because we take out the T
1: for some reason. But yeah. Ananias. Yeah. Right. Well, he was the one who was constantly finding Paul in his jail cells. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> I I can't keep... Mailing you out, ba- dude. I only got so <laughs> many
0: favors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of the problems that Paul ran into was literally the exact as Jesus. It was the Jewish authorities wanted him dead. The Romans were kind of just like, guys... Like we're trying to conquer the world here. We can't get like we can't, <laughs> can't get boiled the down in here. Tr- yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're trying um, to trying to do empire here. <laughs> trying to do empire. I <laughs> hey, we're
0: trying to do some fucking empire. Here. <laughs> but, so um, so like so you're saying like the head of the Roman authorities were kind of like Paulie and Goodfellas. Yeah. Hey, what am I supposed to do? He's a bad apple, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: He won't gave listen. Three, he won't
0: listen.
1: They gave him three hundred dollars in,
0: and I, I, you got to go away now.
1: You've <laughs> Gotta go away now.
0: If you come back, <laughs> I can't protect you.
1: But like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's 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 look at some classic, like uh, you know, early Israeli society was uh, was famously ruled by judges, right? Yeah. weren't there twelve judges?
0: That
1: sounds right. It's kind of fascinating how our system, they've pared it down even more. Like, over over three or four thousand years, like, we just have nine judges now.
0: (laughs) Sometimes eight, sometimes
1: 24. Just
0: (laughs) as needed.
1: Right, right. Um, Which, I mean, if you are living in a pre-civilized society... Uh, just the most basic, sort of like maybe stone and bronze uh, implements yeah. uh, with a very sparse population that's constantly being raided by hordes of barbarians and etc. You could do worse than a, a governing council of 12 elders. Like, that's a pretty sound form of government, I guess. That's
0: what they had in 300, right? They had to climb <laughs> to the top of the mountain, talk to the oracles. i think we also we have to we we can't really discount in our sort of parliamentary system this sort of neo-roman senate and all this kind of stuff that we have the role of witchcraft oh yeah a lot of witchcraft and mysticism involved
1: (laughs) oh yeah i mean if you were the ruler of rome and you didn't know what to do you would just literally go visit the oracles at delphi
0: (laughs) (laughs) let them boil some tea and you like (laughs) trip for like three hours and then you get some sort of revelation about how the world should be (laughs) organized
1: yeah yeah but the the judge system eventually gave way to monarchy right right um i mean like who was the first king of israel was it jacob or solomon maybe solomon i don't know uh, I
0: don't know, man. i tell you this, though. Solomon's Seal, man.
1: Solomon's Seal. The
0: Masonic Lodge, think about
1: it. <laughs> What's the tie there? It goes way back,
0: man. <laughs> this has always been in motion.
1: So you're saying it's an unbroken chain from Solomon's time to our All time? All the way
0: to Donald J. Trump, my man. And Open that's... it up. Open up <laughs> your third eye.
1: That's the secret interesting very interesting Man, yeah,
0: didn't you watch national treasure star Nicolas cage
1: I, yeah i did I, did I you not that read was... the da
0: vinci code
1: <laughs> um so yeah no you had like uh kings in israel obviously the famously horny ones like david and then the famously um i guess like solomon was a a good boy Solomon was a boy scout He was like The good king Wasn't well, he like,
0: But he also let's, We gotta talk about Solomon though Cause the bible says that He also had an appetite For strange women
1: What does that mean
0: I guess he just like Strange ass I don't know
1: <laughs> Like strange Either that, that not... or like Weird women It's <laughs> just like Yeah to... does it mean weird Or does, does <laughs> or it or mean like Multiple Like a bunch of Strangers
0: <laughs> Yeah I don't know <laughs> That's a good question. Maybe somebody that studies the scriptures and here's this can point that out for us.
1: Women with their own uh SoundCloud rap um account, I mean, and uh who like to trip, I don't know what fucking makes someone weird. <laughs> <laughs> um but then, you know, by so the, yeah, by the time you get to the New Testament, you've got this whole uh arrangement where Rome rules over Israel and um and and so yeah like you've got uh Pontius Pilate um famous bad dude of the bible but i mean but like i don't know like it's it's easy to kind of feel um sympathetic for pilate in some ways because you like he kind of in some in some respects you like kinda gives off this vibe as someone who's just kinda caught in the middle of something where it's just like, Man, I don't
0: care. Just got caught in some bullshit, doesn't he?
1: Yeah. And then you yeah, gotta yeah. remember
0: he's a Roman governor, so he's probably an asshole.
1: Yeah, he probably had like a harem of six year old boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So got them all drunk
0: that. on pizza and wine coolers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's that's the that's the context, I guess. Um so, basically, like, every position of power and authority in the New Testament is bad. But, like, the th- the weird thing about it, and this is a weird, I mean, it's pointless to point out, like, hypocrisy or whataboutism or, or, what or yeah, whatever. It's, it's but, like
0: 2011, buddy.
1: Yeah, this is a new day. But it is always so fascinating, and I really re- remember this uh, most viscerably, viscerally from, uh, the Bush years, that um, we live in the, like, modern Roman Empire, and uh, it's just crazy to me that, like, growing up in church, we were just not allowed to criticize the president. <laughs>
0: I know, and this like, is what the, all the scripture is about. Right. And you know, I was sort of the, taken to task the Roman government. It's funny, because... Also too, like I always heard my mom was really into the apocalyptic stuff. Like she really liked Jack Ben MP and like all the doomsday preachers. Hal um Hal, what's his name? Morris, I think is no, Hal Morris is a baseball player. <laughs> anyway. Uh And, like, you know, they always said, okay, the Antichrist is going to rise out of the revived Roman Empire. And it's funny that, like, under everybody's nose, this country, everybody was jerking off. Our own country was the revived Roman Empire to the letter. But everybody was like, I wonder if it's Iran. (laughs) I wonder if it's, uh, you know, a, a society that has, like, stood in its own sort of very distinct cultural, you know, uh trappings for thousands of years now i wonder if it's iran
1: the guy you're thinking of is hal lindsey
0: hal lindsey that's right he's the guy that predicted when the world was going to end a few times and botched every one of them
1: yeah he was he was certain it was going to end in the 80s and honestly who could blame him i've made (laughs) a career out of predicting when the world is going to end and um being wrong about it so i've got a Certain soft spot in my heart for the How Lindsay's (laughs) a
0: How Lindsay wakes up. It's eighty-three. Depeche Mode's all over TV. Probably (laughs) thought this is it, man.
1: This is it. So yeah,
0: is it? Swinging you miss sometimes. That's podcasting, you know.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh, what big takeaways can we can we learn from the um, from? The ordeal of Pontius Pilate and uh, the need for strong Italian leadership is that is that what the world needs right now? The world is crumbling. It Really does look like we are on the, at the end of the world now?
0: Well, who? What people step up most in the big moments? I mean, um, if we're talking World Series, Mike Piazza. We're <laughs> talking football, Joe Montana, Dan Marino. Uh, bad example, of Marino. You know, I'm just saying, Italians have a history, a long and proud tradition of strong leadership. And maybe that's what we need to <laughs> lean into in this these times.
1: It's a good message to uh, go forth with into your week. Um, well, uh, that's probably a good little... St- stopping point we we really overdid it last week with last week's sunday <laughs> it's, service it's a little much <laughs> we almost hit an hour so yeah,
0: nobody likes to stay in church a long time <laughs> yeah
1: exactly so um so let's go out uh so said so on um you know in the style of every week i like to do a little t rays godly music for an ungodly world uh Christian Music Guide.
0: So, this week is it if you like Bruce Springsteen, then you'll love this. Well, <laughs> you know, the calibration charts.
1: <laughs> there was really no equivalent to the boss in, like, country music had an equivalent to the boss, Steve Earle. Steve Earle was the, like, the attempt at country music trying to, like, incorporate the boss, like, and Heartland.
0: My type. name's Conley Wait, is that Steve <laughs> <Earl>?
1: <laughs> Copperhead Road. Copperhead Road would be the classic example. Yeah. But Christian music never really got that kind of, uh, sort of, like, Heartland populist, um...
0: Well, really, Christianity only had equivalents for black music and punk music. Everything else was already fine. I mean nobody even thought you were going to hell for listening to the boss. <laughs> they might not like some of his pro union uh stylings, but
1: I mean maybe someone's listening to this and saying no 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 uh, cause I'm trying to think, but I just can't really think of any like maybe Michael W Smith was trying to or i don't I don't think so though I mean because by the like here's the thing by the time. CCM really took off in the late '90s. The boss was already on the way out, wow.
0: so <laughs> the boss is still not on the way
1: out, buddy. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. His glory days uh, <laughs> were behind him.
0: Were you trying to be funny there? Yes. Okay. <laughs>
1: um. So there was really no equivalent. Um, but like last night, I kind of went down a rabbit hole with. Um, you remember Paula Cole?
0: Paula Cole,
1: uh, Paula Cole, yeah.
0: Who was uh, she supposed to be? Paula she, Abdul.
1: She was um. She was a singer. She had that song where of all the cowboys she did the. Oh, Wanna, yeah, 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 She did the "I Don't Want to Wait" song for Dawson's Creek. Okay. Um, she was CCM. No, um. <laughs> she was not. Uh, but like she was kind of in the same milieu with like. Tracy Chapman, um Ten Thousand Maniacs, Natalie Merchant, um, Sean
0: Colvin. <laughs> did Sean what's Sean Colvin saying?
1: I think Sean Colvin was a little bit after that, right? Sean Colvin.
0: He's saying everything's gonna be alright, lullaby, right?
1: Sean Colvin was a, a she.
0: Who um, am I thinking
1: Sonny came home? Oh, okay. Um, but no, you're right. Same time, same basic time. Uh, 1997 Grammy Award-winning song Sonny Came Home." Same, same basic time frame. Okay. So these bands were all big at the, around the same time, and this is where "Sixpence None the Richer" came from. Okay. But there was another band that got big around this time that I've always uh kind of had a soft spot for, called Plum. Plum. It was plumb like, like plumb like plumbed my toilet <laughs> i guess so um but uh they had some good songs and uh, they had one song that could very easily be um refitted into a very perverse uh remix but you know what we're good godly men here we're not going to do that we're not going to sing um, about God-shaped holes, but they had a song called "God-shaped Hole."
0: <laughs> yeah, we can we can do something with that. But... <laughs> I choose not to.
1: So we're gonna go out this week on Plum, God-shaped Hole. It's actually a good song. They were a good band. They they successfully managed to pull off. The '90s sound without giving without getting too overt. That's the thing with a lot of these Christian bands; they would be very unsubtle. Yeah, God-shaped hole is pretty unsubtle, but
0: <laughs> yeah, subtlety doesn't seem like the strong suit. If somebody wrote a song called God-shaped hole, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Musically, it was not, you know, uh, rip, like blatantly ripping off any any one thing.
1: Right, right, right. So we're gonna go out on that one this week for lovers of Natalie Merchant, Natalie Bruglia, um, Sean Colvin, Sean Colvin, Paula Cole, um Who sang that one song that was like do oh uh, Vega?
0: What's what's her name?
1: Oh yeah. Well, Tom's that one too. Yeah, yeah. For okay. So anyways, Plum god-shaped hole go with god this week uh go with suzanne um, vega i'm sorry <laughs> go with suzanne vega uh go tithe at the trailbillies patreon dot com slash Billy workers party um and support us on there we surely appreciate your support and help and um we'll be praying for you this week another week of laying hands and praying so uh, we'll see you next time.
2: Every point of you has another angle. And every angle has its merit. But it all comes down to faith. That's the way I see it.